We're reading Job chapters 21 through 26 and Psalm 8 here on Commuter Bible OT. Job's friends are insulted that he would reject their wisdom, especially because they are drawing their conclusions from that which was commonly assumed by the culture and by their ancestors. Job wants to find comfort and consolation from his friends, but they continue to make a case against him. In an earlier speech, Job spoke of God's justice. But as he responds to his friend Zophar at the beginning of our reading, we can see that he struggles, like many of us, to understand why the wicked are allowed to flourish while the righteous suffer and perish. Job chapters 21 through 26. Then Job answered, Pay close attention to my words. Let this be the consolation you offer. Bear with me while I speak. Then after I have spoken, you may continue mocking. As for me, is my complaint against a human being? Then why shouldn't I be impatient? Look at me and shudder. Put your hand over your mouth. When I think about it, I am terrified, and my body trembles in horror. Why do the wicked continue to live, growing old and becoming powerful? Their children are established while they are still alive, and their descendants before their eyes. Their homes are secure and free of fear. No rod from God strikes them. Their bulls breed without fail. Their cows calve and do not miscarry. They let their little ones run around like lambs. Their children skip about, singing to the tambourine and lyre and rejoicing at the sound of the flute. They spend their days in prosperity and go down to Sheol in peace. Yet they say to God, Leave us alone. We don't want to know your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what will we gain by pleading with Him? But their prosperity is not of their own doing. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often is the lamp of the wicked put out? Does disaster come on them? Does he apportion destruction in his anger? Are they like straw before the wind, like chaff a storm sweeps away? God reserves a person's punishment for his children. Let God repay the person himself so that he may know it. Let his own eyes see his demise. Let him drink from the Almighty's wrath. For what does he care about his family once he is dead, when the number of his months has run out? Can anyone teach God knowledge since he judges the exalted ones? One person dies in excellent health, 
completely secure and at ease. His body is well fed and his bones are full of marrow. Yet another person dies with a bitter soul, having never tasted prosperity. But they both lie in the dust and worms cover them. I know your thoughts very well, the schemes by which you would wrong me. For you say, Where now is the nobleman's house? And where are the tents the wicked lived in? Have you never consulted those who travel the roads? Don't you accept their reports? Indeed, the evil person is spared from the day of disaster, rescued from the day of wrath. Who would denounce his behavior to his face? Who would repay him for what he has done? He is carried to the grave, and someone keeps watch over his tomb. The dirt on his grave is sweet to him. Everyone follows behind him, and those who go before him are without number. So how can you offer me such futile comfort? Your answers are deceptive. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, Can a man be of any use to God? Can even a wise man be of use to him? Does it delight the Almighty if you are righteous? Does he profit if you perfect your behavior? Does he correct you and take you to court because of your piety? Isn't your wickedness abundant and aren't your iniquities endless? For you took collateral from your brothers without cause, stripping off their clothes and leaving them naked. You gave no water to the thirsty and withheld food from the famished, while the land belonged to a powerful man, and an influential man lived on it. You sent widows away empty-handed, and the strength of the fatherless was crushed. Therefore, snares surround you, and sudden dread terrifies you, or darkness so you cannot see, and a flood of water covers you. Isn't God as high as the heavens? And look at the highest stars, how lofty they are. Yet you say, what does God know? Can he judge through total darkness? Clouds veil him so that he cannot see as he walks on the circle of the sky. Will you continue on the ancient path that wicked men have walked? They were snatched away before their time, and their foundations were washed away by a river. They were the ones who said to God, Leave us alone, and what can the Almighty do to us? But it was He who filled their houses with good things. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. The righteous see this and rejoice. The innocent mock them, saying, Surely our opponents are destroyed and fire has consumed what they left behind. Come to terms with God, and be at peace. 
In this way, good will come to you. Receive instruction from his mouth and place his sayings in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be renewed. If you banish injustice from your tent and consign your gold to the dust, the gold of Ophir to the stones in the wadis, the Almighty will be your gold and your finest silver. Then you will delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will pray to Him and He will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. When you make a decision, it will be carried out, and light will shine on your paths. When others are humiliated and you say, Lift them up, God will save the humble. He will even rescue the guilty one, who will be rescued by the purity of your hands. Answered. Today also my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. If only I knew how to find him so that I could go to his throne, I would plead my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn how he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he prosecute me forcefully? No, he would certainly pay attention to me. Then an upright man could reason with him, and I would escape from my judge forever. If I go east, he is not there, and if I go west, I cannot perceive him. When he is at work to the north, I cannot see him. When he turns south, I cannot find him. Yet he knows the way I have taken. When he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. My feet have followed in his tracks. I have kept to his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commands from his lips. I have treasured the words from his mouth more than my daily food. But he is unchangeable. Who can oppose him? He does what he desires. He will certainly accomplish what he has decreed for me, and he has many more things like these in mind. Therefore, I am terrified in his presence. When I consider this, I am afraid of him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. Yet I am not destroyed by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers my face. 
Why does the Almighty not reserve times for judgment? Why do those who know Him never see His days? The wicked displace boundary markers. They steal a flock and provide pasture for it. They drive away the donkeys owned by the fatherless and take the widow's ox as collateral. They push the needy off the road. The poor of the land are forced into hiding. Like wild donkeys in the wilderness, the poor go out to their task of foraging for food. The desert provides nourishment for their children. They gather their fodder in the field and glean the vineyards of the wicked. Without clothing, they spend the night naked, having no covering against the cold. Drenched by mountain rains, they huddle against the rocks, shelterless. The fatherless infant is snatched from the breast. The nursing child of the poor is seized as collateral. Without clothing, they wander about naked. They carry sheaves, but go hungry. They crush olives in their presses. They tread the wine presses, but go thirsty. From the city, men groan. The mortally wounded cry for help. Yet God pays no attention to this crime. The wicked are those who rebel against the light. They do not recognize its ways or stay on its paths. The murderer rises at dawn to kill the poor and needy, and by night he becomes a thief. The adulterer's eye watches for twilight, thinking, No eye will see me, and he covers his face. In the dark they break into houses, by day they lock themselves in, never experiencing the light, for the morning is like darkness to them. Surely they are familiar with the terrors of darkness. They float on the surface of the water. Their section of the land is cursed, so that they never go to their vineyards. As dry ground and heat snatch away the melted snow, so Sheol steals those who have sinned. The womb forgets them. Worms feed on them. They are remembered no more. So injustice is broken like a tree. They prey on the childless woman who is unable to conceive and do not deal kindly with the widow. Yet God drags away the mighty by his power. When he rises up, they have no assurance of life. He gives them a sense of security so they can rely on it. But his eyes watch over their ways. They are exalted for a moment, then gone. They are brought low and shrivel up like everything else. They wither like heads of grain. If this is not true, then who can prove me a liar and show that my speech is worthless? Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, Dominion and dread belong to him, 
the one who establishes harmony in his heights. Can his troops be numbered? Does his light not shine on everyone? How can a human be justified before God? How can one born of woman be pure? If even the moon does not shine and the stars are not pure in his sight, how much less a human who is a maggot, a son of man who is a worm? Then Job answered, How you have helped the powerless and delivered the arm that is weak. How you have counseled the unwise and abundantly provided insight. With whom did you speak these words? Whose breath came out of your mouth? The departed spirits tremble beneath the waters and all that inhabit them. Sheol is naked before God and Abaddon has no covering. He stretches the northern skies over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps up the water in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst beneath its weight. He obscures the view of his throne, spreading his cloud over it. He laid out the horizon on the surface of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. The pillars that hold up the sky tremble, astounded at his rebuke. By his power he stirred the sea, and by his understanding he crushed Rahab. By his breath the heavens gained their beauty. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. These are but the fringes of his ways. How faint is the word we hear of him! Who can understand his mighty thunder? Psalm 8 Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth! You have covered the heavens with your majesty. From the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have established a stronghold on account of your adversaries in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is a human being that you remember him? a son of man, that you look after him. You made him little less than God and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all the sheep and oxen, as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea that pass through the currents of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by the Christian Standard Bible. 
Keep in mind that there are two other Commuter Bible podcasts, including Commuter Bible NT, which takes you through the New Testament in the course of a year. Most episodes are about 10 minutes or less. It could make for a great addition to what you're already listening to. Thanks for listening, and remember to trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know Him, and He will make your paths straight. Thank you.